Imagine a world where creatives always have a key to the city. Use promo code 26STONE for 26% off your entire order. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. NewAmsterdam.com. Welcome, citizen. I'ma set it straight, straight out the gate. I'm straight 718. You can't eliminate what I emanate. My sound's great, like every Belafonte. I got love like every other grande. Beats and buzz by Andre. Wallet and Neonte. On a Friday, like O'Shea. Okay, tell me when you wanna listen. I'm in the kitchen whipping, making sauce for this chicken. It's hot in this position, standing with no air condition. I wrecked the place, demolition. I killed it, no ammunition. My mission to forget my losses and my premonitions. The bosses and bad decisions. The glasses with tunnel vision. I'm a legend in subdivisions. I spark with no ignition. Yes, we've hit peak podcasts named after units of measurement. 26 Stone is the show. Flo Beatles the host. Flo Beatles, you know, thank you so much for checking out the show. I thank you every week, but you still deserve it. Uh, FloBeatles.com's website. Check it out. Uh, find out where the show is streamed. It's everywhere. Where you can follow us on Twitter and uh, any more episodes weekly. Yeah. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you apart by the good friends at NewAmsterdam.com. Love them so much. They got these notebooks. They have the cigarette case where I keep my business cards and everything I need to impress people at parties. So check them out. Uh, 26 stone is a promo code for that. And that gets you, uh, what would they say, 26% off your order, which is a weird number, but it's a weird name for a show. It's an even number. That's also odd. Huh? Get it? Get it? Uh, uh, okay. So I want to talk to you today, uh, this episode is about knowing your audience, about whatever you decide to work on on a creative end, you're eventually going to have to share it with someone, right? You're not really an artist until you share your work. If it's that art gallery, is it that uh, speed painting on the beach, is it that, um, I don't know, gardening? Do you do competitive gardening? I was thinking like synchronized swimming, but for plants. Is that really a thing? I, I don't know what it is. I always come from a comedy perspective. Um, you're eventually going to have to share your art. In my case, make people laugh uh, to actually call yourself an artist, to call yourself a crafts person in what you do. Now, when it comes down to thinking about what you want to write about, what you want to perform about, what you want to draw about, uh, there's always conventional wisdom that will come to you and they will say, because conventional wisdom is a person, apparently named conventional wisdom, uh, they would always say, hey, man, write, perform, draw, blank, what you know. Do what you know. It's many times I sit there thinking about something to write for a joke, and I don't know what, where to go. Uh, the advice always comes back to doing what you know. You see, when you get your jokes lined up, when you have your, your pieces lined up for an art... You eventually have to think of your audience, right? You have to think about who's going to be the person out there who's going to listen to this material. Um, one of the best things or awesome things about going on the road as a comic is that you know what works in what location and what doesn't, right? Uh, on the coasts, you could have a lot more liberal humor if political thing is your is if political humor is your thing. In um, the heartlands, not so much. As that doesn't fly nearly as much. Um, I know from my experience, uh, jokes about paying for plastic bags didn't land in New York when I performed there because there's some stores that do that, but most don't. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in LA, that's, that's kind of the, the rule of, of law, right? You have to have 
your own plastic bags or vice versa. Growing up in a city in New York trying to uh, make ends meet, for example, um, doesn't have this, the same kind of ring in L.A. or the heartland because poverty is actually regional. Like being poor in New York is like Section 8 housing, uh, roaches uh, taking your food and eating it while you have to watch. <laughs> uh, whereas in the South, you can have a home, you can have a vehicle, you can even have a land, but still be dirt poor. That's a different kind of vibe, which I do how poor is being out of here. So when I go on the road or I try different venues, there's always a game there, <clears throat> trying to find out what works for the audience, what's going to land with them. Now, it's almost impossible to have jokes for every kind of demographic out there. But what that really means is reading the room, right? Seeing if they're more conservative and not so much politically conservative, but more of, hey, we just want jokes about uh, fruits at the grocery store and not so much about relationship jokes or uh, R-rated jokes or jokes about being a guy trying to adjust in the era of, of masculinity's definition being changed. Huzzah! You know? That's what that really means, um, finding an audience, reading an audience. But you see, there's a downside to that and the flip side. And that's the focus of today's episode. Is that is, sometimes, if you think about the audience too much, that can actually infect your work. Now, it's this conundrum where you, when you're performing, you're performing to read your audience. But ultimately, your work has to come down to your individual perspective. Because um, if you try to reverse engineer your work, it will be seen as inauthentic. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say you're a rapper, right? You finally got them dope beats and rhymes together. Um, traditionally, you find something you think is cool. You rap on that song and you have a couple songs. You go out there and that's it. That is your perspective on vinyl, your perspective on a CD, your perspective in the SoundCloud, right? Um, but when you, know, when you know what your audience is, let's say you are a throwback lyrical rapper, right? You have the 90s style. Yeah, you can go to certain clubs, you can go to certain festivals that have um, artists of that time period. You can't go into a hip-hop radio station today and say, hey, play this. It doesn't fit with anything else. That's not knowing your audience. That's, that's a balance. You don't want to cheapen of what you want to do, but you also got to understand who is going to be the eventual person to listen to it. Um, I guess... If you had a, an album or a little EP put together and you love it and its perspective is all yours, you're not going to, say, break into a jazz brunch with sheet music of your song, tell the jazz ensemble to perform it while you rap to uh, the jazz ensemble in the back with your latest track, right? It doesn't make sense because those people came to a Sunday jazz brunch don't necessarily want to hear your vibes. They may, but it's not really reading the room right, <laughs> right? But at the same time, as a rapper, you're not going to sit there and be like, man, I got to think of a song to really hit that jazz brunch set. Uh, damn. Um, and people do that. That's, that's what I call reverse engineering. It's basically thinking of the attendant audience first and going, working backwards to create it. Um, there's certain instances where people do that, and it works. But ultimately, that's not what you want to do. Because when you are starting out with an endeavor, you are one of many. Hundreds of thousands, millions, and billions. Um, I'm taking the comedy thing as an example of this episode, but let's say I want to sell um, cell phone case covers. Like, But my cell phone case covers are like handcrafted, the finest materials. It looks great. When I go into that business, I have to 
Imagine there are thousands of other companies that do that. OtterBox is one. I'm looking, actually looking at my OtterBox. That's the brand I use because I drop my phone a lot. Um, knock on wood, haven't cracked a screen, right? Uh, but that means you got to find a niche. And, and that doesn't mean changing your product from the get-go. Sometimes it might, but it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, man, i got to appeal to busy school teachers. So that means i got to think of uh, different materials altogether. Like, no, you, what you, you do is you have your product and you say, I'm going to market to these teachers because I think they'll benefit most. Now, what happens over time is that when these teachers, these customers come to you with their concerns of how they can improve the product, you incorporate that and then you mix that DNA with your original DNA and you keep uh, identity of that product. But at first, you're not going to drop everything just to pander to a particular group. You're not going to jump the fence of that jazz brunch with your hip-hop song just because you want to do the jazz brunch market, unless that was part of your plan. So knowing your audience is very important, too. Like, you know what, what works and what doesn't. And it's kind of a cat and mouse in game because you want to be provocative. You really want to stretch your audience expectations. You don't just want to give them the fluff. You don't want to give them what they want to want to hear. You really want to be a true artist in that form. You want to say, hey, I know we were here, but let's go over here. Hey, you know I'm an artist. I usually draw cartoons, but here's my cartoon representation of, I don't know, gerrymandering in local uh, political districts, for example. It's kind of a weird thing for someone to draw, but I'm just going there. If people have good way, good goodwill and faith in you in storytelling or you and your skills are your original wheelhouse when you stretch they're willing to try it out with you and if someone comes to you and say hey man that was really good um keep at it or if someone goes to you or a lot of people go to you and go hey man i loved it when you did batman donald duck i'm not sure why you devoted a whole lookbook to drawing the 50 states with gerrymandered districts this isn't my vibe as an artist, you can take that feedback and see how that works for your next version, next draft. I am not saying don't take criticism. I am not saying to to understand like to and to curate your works before you approach an audience. For me, if I'm doing say a room full of older people, I'm not going to talk about apps as much as as my material. And I know that going in. If I'm going to a really raunchy room like the comedy store, I know I can get away with doing more swear words. Whereas I go to a more a conservative room like uh, Flappers in Burbank, it's more TV 13 clean. I know that going in. I know, okay, I have my punchlines, I have my tags, maybe I should try something just a little bit more on the PG-13 side, the clean plus side because of this audience. But I'm not going to go there and go, well, man, I'm playing Flappers comedy. I need some Flappers comedy jokes. Because what happens is, and these are, these are my experience, every time I sat down, every time I said, you know what, I want to talk, make a joke about being black or being left-handed or being, being from Brooklyn, it never lands. But if I say, what's funny to me, and it just so happens to have elements of being a Brooklyn Knight, being a black guy, being left-handed, those ends up, ends up being a lot more funnier, or a lot, ends up being funnier, a lot more funnier, wow. I am not an English major. Um, those end up being funnier, because it's definitely, it has a core of, this makes me laugh, this is funny to me. I'm not necessarily doing it for an audience, um, but if you laugh with me, that's great. So when I go to my next show and he's, he's like, oh it's a real supportive room try new things I can throw it out if someone goes to me and go hey look man you only got three minutes I need to tie the set don't experiment then I know I can adjust and use my old bits and then take it and run right 
Knowing your audience is important, but only to a point. Make sure you keep your perspective in lock and tow. Um, make sure you keep your perspective at heart at everything you create. And if you keep at it, your perspective will grow and change over time. And your audience and your fans and your devotees will roll with you. Once again, I want to thank you all for checking out the show. 26 Stones is the name of the podcast. Uh, flowbito.com is the website. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. New content every Monday. New episodes of the show every Wednesday night into Thursday. And of course, there's a contact form. Uh, fill it out. Let me know what you think. Questions, comments, and concerns are always greatly appreciated. I do have uh, some projects down in the pipeline uh, coming out over the next couple of months. I'm so thrilled to share it with you as they mature. <laughs> I know I sound a lot like a, like a broken record there. I sound like Oprah. And I'm, and you're getting a content project, and you're getting a content, and everyone's getting my content. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, 26 Stones of the Show. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your mama, tell your papa, tell your ex-girlfriend. Um, any and all listens are greatly appreciated. Uh, until next time, please, your hometown proud.